Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What? Today we've got James on and James is a software developer. Hi James. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, good thanks and you? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Fantastic. James, let's jump straight in then. Do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do? Yeah, so yeah, hi, I'm James. I'm a, I'm a software developer, which basically means I spend a lot of my time uh, writing code, building software at technology companies. Um, I've been doing it uh, 10 years, so kind of worked at companies of all different sizes, uh, from small startups that have done well, small startups that have done not so well, uh, big companies, uh, media companies, made software for for banks so um yeah kind of done it done all of it really the broad spectrum and currently i'm working at a place called mixcloud which does audio streaming uh so yeah i'm a software developer there which currently means i'm working on building a uh, bit of kit a bit of software that allows djs to live stream to their fans in the browser oh, wow. so it's all quite varied but yeah all, all quite fun yeah, we've been sort of talking to quite a few developers because we've only just sort of discovered this world of developing and, mm. you know, all the careers within it. And it's such a cool uh, and, and, you know, up and coming sort of career path for everyone. And I wondered how you found sort of working in startups. And it's it's more of a fluid career than I think most people when they think of a career you know they still think in their head oh i'm going to be here for maybe 20 years but developers you tend to move around a bit more right yeah i, I think so yeah that's definitely the nature of the industry it's 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 fast moving and it's changing a lot which is definitely what what drew me to it when i was kind of uh racking my brains you know when you're a bit younger and you have to make a decision on what to do uh I, yeah that idea of tech and how quick it was moving uh that definitely definitely was something that, that pulled me into it. And that was my plan. I was actually going to move around as much as possible and try and do everything, which I've kind of done in the end. But I was started at a few startups, but then ended up at the at the BBC and then kind of got oh, stuck there is the, is the wrong word. I loved it. And um, it kind of kind of sucked me in. So I kind of was, was almost doing that, like not develop a thing, which is stay in one job for like five years. Mm. Um, and I was loving that. But eventually, yeah, you just see so many interesting things going on in the tech world. But it's like, oh, that looks exciting. I might I might have to go and try and work on that. Um, yeah. So there's definitely a lot of movement. What was it like to work in some startups? You mentioned you worked in some startups, some that went well, others that didn't. What's mm. that kind of that culture like? Yeah. I guess I was I was kind of lucky that the ones that didn't go so well were were early on in my career, so I wasn't I wasn't too too bothered by it. I was like it's kind of the early places that I worked. Um, I just wanted a job, so out of uni, you know, you kind of just like you need your first bit of experience. So I was working at some startups, and they didn't, you know, uh, they kind of went under. And to be honest, that's a great experience to be honest because that gave me the whole learning of right these things they come, they pop up, they try and they find. Uh, they get some investment and they try and, you know, fit a market and sometimes it doesn't work. Um, so I was kind of slightly immune to it because I was just like, oh, this is just all new. And I was kind of happy for something to end and move on to the next thing. Uh, and it was a good experience. Um, but yeah, I'm working at a company now that's doing really well. And that's, and that's yeah, kind of exciting in its own way, seeing something grow and, and people come, you know, flocking to a new thing that you've built. I mean, it's pretty, pretty exciting, really. Mm. Uh, you mentioned you went to uni. Um, how did you get into um, software development? Like, it did yeah. you have an interest in computers going through school and then yeah. go on to study computer science? 
Yeah, well, I didn't quite, I didn't quite manage to study computer science. I was told by a teacher that it might be a little bit beyond me when I was about sixteen. <laughs> Jesus, I, I know. <laughs> but I kind of, I think that maybe that's half the reason that I was like, you know what? No, okay, I'm going to do this. But mm. the thing, the thing I really loved uh, doing as a kid, yeah, I just liked make. I did like making stuff on computers almost as long as I can remember. The thing that really got me into it was electronic music. I was just from the age of about 14, someone gave me a copy of something called Cubase, which basically allows you to have a recording studio on your laptop. And I just became pretty obsessed with making electronic music and still am today. Like I'm sat in, I wouldn't call it a studio, but there's kind of keyboards and stuff everywhere. Um, so that was, my, that was my first passion and realization that I could uh, use a computer to make something. It's not just a device for, you know, consuming stuff or playing games or whatever. I could actually do this thing that I loved, which was, which was make, um, yeah, make, make stuff on computers. However, um, like the music industry, I kind of realized at a younger age that that's probably not the industry I wanted to be in. Mm. many reasons it's, it just it just felt like a really tough industry hard and also luck based like you can be the best in the world and still you know just not get that break or whatever and it, that kind of scared me so I guess around uni I was um had a few programming modules in the course I was doing and I just, I just kind of had that shift I was like okay I can use that same part of my brain that same enjoyment that same passion but it's going to be in like a growing industry and at the time it was about 2009 so kind of apps were starting to kick off and I don't know people probably think this about many times in history but it felt like a software and software development was going almost mainstream and huge and wasn't going to just be another sort of dot-com burst of the 2000s it was actually wow okay that's where the jobs are going so mm. I kind of had that realization 2009 2010 and it all just aligned really nicely it was like okay that's a skill I have I can do and that's an industry that's growing boom did you look to get any other sort of qualifications before you went out and started to look for your first places to work or did you just sort of go in with that enthusiasm uh I, it was total enthusiasm the, the one thing I did the only thing I did apart from uh I did a degree which had some programming in it so I could kind of be like, well, I've been programming. I had a bit of history knocking websites together. Mm -hmm. And then in my final year of uni, what I did was I just started freelancing. And I don't know if I'd recommend this, but I was just doing it for free. I was just like trying to build anything for anyone. And not even for very long. I just did that for three or four months, but just to, just to arm myself going into an interview uh, to be like, this is what I'm working on right now. That demonstrates like a skill be like I, 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 lo I love this I do this anyway do you know mm. what I mean like I'm gonna if you give me a job I'll just put all my energy into that and I think that really helped and how was it getting your first uh, actual job in this industry well what was it about uh, how was the interview and that sort of stuff it was uh, it was a bit of a classic I had a, I had a, my best friend actually he was a graphics designer Mm -hmm. And he worked uh, at a company, an e-commerce company, doing graphics design. And I was just telling him my plan. And he was like, mm, I think we could maybe use someone like you here. Because we'd like to do a lot of outsourcing. And I keep hearing that maybe we could bring someone in. So there wasn't a job there. So I kind of had to get my hustle on. And I was like, okay, just let me meet with whoever can make that decision. And I'll go and meet them. And I met them once. Um, and then heard nothing so I badgered them and then they let me come back and I just sort of um, uh, I don't know what I did probably just chewed their ear off a bit more <laughs> and uh, yeah and then I heard nothing and then I badgered them and then they offered me a job so yeah it was I think that's probably a bit of a classic way in for a lot of people is just uh, a a friend and then b just just 
spoke to people. There's a lot to be said for the kind of relentlessly knocking on the door approach. And right, I think, exactly. You know, that does work sometimes. Yeah, you, you, you do run the risk of kind of them getting annoyed, but that is a yeah. risk. It's most of the time, they'll just be like, this person really wants this. I can definitely find some use for this person. Yeah, 100%. And, and for you, what's like a, an average day? I mean, do you specialize in front end and back end? Mm. Are you a full stack? Like, what, What's your specialism? Yeah, so uh, I've kind of done a fair bit of everything, but I do a lot of something called a programming language called, uh, called JavaScript. So that kind of enables me to do front end and back end. So I can write stuff that's running on servers and connecting to databases, but I can also build uh, user interfaces that you can actually interact with and mobile apps that you can tap on and, and all the rest of it. So I've kind of been lucky there as well. Well, it was lucky, but it was also kind of thought through that JavaScript is actually an interesting language. It was um, kind of invented in the mid nineties for like early browsers. And it's kind of notoriously known as not a very good language, but has also at the same time become the most um, popular language in the world. Um, and I think I, my career kind of, when I first started, I was just doing it because that was the only thing I was, um, I could, I could actually do. Mm. I was able to do, and it got the job done for who I needed to do it for. But actually, as my career has progressed, that language has actually progressed as well from a thing that you could do a small subset of uh, software engineering to now basically you can do almost anything in it, like name it, you can, you can do it in JavaScript. So that's been amazing for me. It's allowed me to really uh, focus in on one core aspect but has also enabled me to you know keep working on super uh diverse diverse projects there's definitely a bit of luck in there but i also as well as just one language i like to kind of learn other things on the side and that's a super recommended thing is don't just don't just do fully one thing expand your mind a bit learn a different language or a way of doing things and that even if you don't do it in your day-to-day -day, healthy exercise to do and, and will improve um you know your core your core knowledge so for those sort of uninitiated um, like mm. myself within the mm. world, um, is that a kind of specialism that companies look for? Are they companies that use Python or do they use loads of different languages and you happen to be able to do parts that that language is used for? Or how does that whole kind of space of languages and companies mm. fit together? Uh, I think thinking about job sort of uh, jobs and when you're looking for candidates, we literally will look for exactly that, which is like a JavaScript developer. So you'll need to know other things along with it, but that would be the headline of like, if you want to get in the industry, we need, this company needs a JavaScript developer, this company needs a Python developer. So yeah, that would be, that would be, you know, kind of front and center. And then second to that is probably uh, domain knowledge. So we need a, um, uh, a JavaScript developer that's really good at building user interfaces and understands maybe the the financial industry a bit. So that would be something your, your, your core, basically. So you kind of build up from the language and then, you know, certain totally. other aspects are built onto it if you're looking for jobs. So you could be a, a Python guy, but you could also have a really good background in marketing or an interest in marketing. And that would be something that would be desirable. Totally, exactly okay. that sort of thing. So you take, yeah, that, that is definitely the way to see it. As at the bottom level, you've got your language. On top of your languages, you probably have your different disciplines, like sort mm. of UI, machine learning, native development. Um, and you would need to choose an appropriate language that kind of overlaps with that. Yeah, and then on top of that, it's actually kind of domain knowledge, uh, industry understanding and, and these sorts of things. Okay. And so for you, on a day-to-day, -day, you know, what are you doing? What kind of things are you building? What, you know, what kind of things are you having to think about? Yeah, um, for me, 
after yeah it changes a lot i guess there's there's two components because i do engineering management as well so a lot of my time is um taken up with managing and mentoring and this sort of thing so it's, it's split between that and also i do day-to-day -day, you know sit down and write code so actual talk to people around the business and decide what features we want to build which is basically based on talking to users so we've got people um that will go out and speak to users okay we want to build this feature we'll chat it through uh how how hard is that going to be what if we build something slightly similar but it will only take half the time okay and, and those sorts of decisions and you help with those sorts of decisions and then you're going to sit down and you have to actually uh write the code put it together uh, deploy it and 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 push it out basically so that is kind of the and then once something's gone out, it's all about reviewing it and starting the process again. What did the users think of it? Okay, can we improve it? It's kind of, that's that's the loop, really. So I suppose at that point, you can continue with that same company for um, for quite a while and mm. just keep uh, bringing out new versions, fixing potential bugs. Um, but at that point, is, uh, is it quite often that a lot of the team dispersed to go work on, um, go try a different development or something? Yeah, I guess you could only do that for so long is kind of working on yeah the same thing. One way to switch up, yeah, it's a good point. There's lots of ways to switch up. One is to, if the company is big enough, you could move on to a different product in the team. So for example, say I'm building uh, a live streaming thing, but actually I want to go work on uh, a native app or maybe some like uh, e-commerce part of the site, which we have. Yeah, that would be a way to switch it up, go work on different different features. Um, and some people just like to switch up the, the core language. It's like, I've done JavaScript for like six months now. Um, I, I wanna go and, and write some Python and that's another way you can, yeah, switch it up. Or yeah, change companies completely, change careers maybe. <laughs> um, and for you, what are some key personality traits that you think are crucial for a software developer? Yeah, good, good question. I think the big one for me, and I see it in all the successful developers, is an open-mindedness. I think I think that's the best way to sum it up. It's kind of this this belief that nothing, anything can be done, and anything can be done differently. And just because something's been done X, Y, or Z over and over again, it's it's the people that can think laterally and go, I can actually see a different way to solve this problem that requires, you know, costs costs half the money or something like that. And that sort of open-mindedness is great. It also helps with learning because as we kind of said, that the industry is changing quickly and the companies change, but also the technologies that those companies are built on changes quickly as well. And you have to be able to have an open mind to learn the new stuff. Um, you don't want to get obviously carried away with just learning new stuff. You need to implement at some point, but being able to see what's new, see the best bits of it, take the best bits and, and, and implement them. Uh, I think in all of the really good software engineers that I've seen, that open-mindedness is, is big. Um, on on top of that, one thing I think that can get overlooked maybe from the outside is the how creative it is. It was definitely the thing that drew me to it, that it's not, I mean, it's so easy if you took a picture of a software engineer to think they're like typing characters onto a keyboard and then like ones and zeros appear. And and that just does seem like fundamentally quite dull, but it's, it definitely isn't that. It's definitely closer to um, an art form. And there's, there's just infinite ways you can do something. And it's up to you to try and solve the problem in the most uh, sensible, elegant, understandable uh, 
understandable way, basically. And I think resilience as well is the other huge one. Like when things go wrong, the people that can can not be by go wrong. I mean, like when systems go down and you've like broken everything and there's tens of thousands of people getting angry and your company's losing money. I think resilience to that situation is amazing. It's another good trait I've seen in engineers that who, and it's, and it, I don't think I'm, I wouldn't put myself in this category, but in that situation, they seem to go calmer than normal. It's like, I don't understand how they're doing that. I would be freaking out and I, I, I try not to freak out or show that I'm freaking out, but some people seem to be going to a, into a Zen calm mode and, and get things fixed, which I think if you can do that, that's a, that's a hell of a trait to have. Obviously, the industry is um, growing consistent, constantly, and there's mm. a high demand for people to get involved with it. Mm. Over your time um, in the industry, have you seen people coming in from lots of different backgrounds? Mm. Not all the traditional go to university, get that uh, coding degree or computer science, but people switching industry to come into software now. Yeah, hundred percent. It was that's um, a huge thing recently, which is basically coding boot camps, which is exactly what you're describing. Where someone, the classic one, and I saw it like this almost exact situation multiple times, was someone who worked in a probably like a digital agency, maybe on like the marketing side, and they would kind of work. They'd have like in-house developers, and they kind of see these developers who seem to have basically these pretty um, pretty sweet jobs getting paid well they seem to all really enjoy it they seem to all leave on time and all this sort of thing and they seem to be all having fun doing it so i've seen a lot of people and work with a lot of people who basically those sorts of people uh maybe they've been doing it 10 15 years and what they do is uh and this reasonably new thing is a coding boot camp which is three months where you just go and you work constantly learning to code basically from scratch and the idea of these things is they'll take you from if you know nothing about software development building apps or whatever they'll take you from that to at least uh, uh, a junior level engineer that's potentially employable by uh, by by companies and then it's kind of up to you and they'll, they'll train you on the interviews and stuff but it's then up to you to try and get through the door uh, and if you can impress at that point, we've I've been involved with totally hiring people that have done that, and in three months gone from zero to uh, software engineer, which I think is amazing because that just again comes back to if you've got a passion that's going to make you commit like that to like give up your job, go and do something straight for three months. I mean that 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 says volumes on its own, um, and then if they're good technically, I mean it's a it's a win win definitely. So you mentioned you've been involved in the hiring process at some point. Mm. Um, now how is this done within the world of tech i'm sure there's a load of different ways but are you going through new sort of tech portals to find people or mm -hmm. are you using specialist recruitment to hire maybe more senior level how is that all working out uh yeah it's a good question i guess i've never i've never really had to do too much of the finding of the and vetting of the initial candidates it's more been like once we've got someone with some potential putting them through the interview process which is which is quite interesting in tech and i can i can definitely yeah uh, go through that um but yeah I, I know you mean a lot of people uh, nowadays to be honest use uh, their socials for this sort of stuff like you see companies all the time and good companies that you would probably want to work at who are um just putting their jobs online it's like reply here or dm me we've got a sweet job going at x y or z startup we've just had a whole bunch of um uh um, money come in like it, he's up for it and, and jobs good jobs do seem to appear appear that way what i've been involved in yeah more is we've got a hr department that's putting jobs online in the reasonably 
usual places um, and on the company websites and stuff and then vetting and trying to just get a, a reasonable pool of people who seem decent and then putting them through basically the tech um, interview process. Which, so what's that, what's that process like? Yeah, I guess I, there are, will be loads of ways of doing it, but it's actually been the same in the last three places I've been. So it's quite interesting. So it will start with, and actually starts with a technical coding exercise. So that is the first thing you're doing is like, here is a, a, a problem. Can you solve it with with code, which is quite interesting. So I was talking to someone the other day who works in a completely different industry, and they were saying the exercise is usually at the end in their industry. It's like you would give someone interviews, 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 and would never ask them to do a big uh, uh, exercise or task uh, at the beginning. It would kind of be at the end once you've gotten close. But in tech, I don't know why. Maybe because it's it's so easy to just send someone a a, a bit of code and say, could you please, you know, uh, add this feature or something like that. But it's done at the start, and that kind of vets the uh the initial people um so you you'd basically it's quite a nice thing to do the uh, the um response will come back and then a few developers will look it over and go okay does that kind of match with how we would do it um what's their style here what's their attention to detail okay. um, is there anything you know have they gone over and above have they impressed and that would be that would be stage one uh, and then after that, you'll be into a bit more of a standard interviewing mm-hmm. face-to-face uh, process, really. So you want to see they can do the job and then you want to know if the person's going to fit the team, basically. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a really good way of looking at it. It's like, if you can't write the code that we need you to write, it's like good. It just it just saves everyone's time, right, yeah. at that point. Um, and for you, what would be the two biggest positives um, working in this industry? Yeah, um, well, we've kind of mentioned it, but the, the growth of the industry itself, which is really nice because that is what I identified when I got started, that being involved with something that's growing is kind of where you want to be. And that in itself is going to give you a whole bunch of opportunity. I mean, I know people working in slightly more declining industries and it's not not very nice. You know, everything's more to do with cutbacks and what what can we avoid doing in tech? It's nice, it's growing, it's expanding. Um, so the growth of the industry itself is super, super big positive that I just think has compounding effects uh, on everyone that works in it. Which There's is definitely great. so many industries like that, that mm. not, not, not to blame tech, but tech is changing and getting rid of a lot of admin positions. And, yeah. you know, it, people aren't needed to do these jobs when you can just write a piece of code that will easily or or make the job easier for people so you need less people exactly um, totally and, and, and you know being on that side that you're creating these this tech is the right place to be probably yeah well you're you're totally right i'm, I'm i am speaking about positives purely from my own <laughs> point of view yeah, yeah yeah there's uh there's the other side of the coin to that and um, so yeah i mean i guess yeah from my point of view the, the growing thing uh the creativity is great i, I love that i get to make stuff it's yeah. really simple but i just like i just I've been doing it like straight for 10 years professionally and years before that, but I just still enjoy every day getting up and making something. It's, um, you know, I find it fun still. And I think that's, if that, if that floats your boat, then it's a perfect industry to be in. That's all anyone really wants, isn't it? Get up in the morning and sort of be excited for work. You know, not every day is going to be fantastic, but you know, you still get to do something you love. That's, that's the goal. Totally. Totally. I wake up and everyone feels a bit groggy when they wake up and I think, Oh, is today, (laughs) the day where that doesn't wear off and i'm just over it but it hasn't happened yet so i appreciate that (laughs) 
on the flip side of this though what would be some less favorable aspects of this industry uh it's a good question we were just mentioning there about other people losing their jobs there's there's some very interesting developments recently in terms of developer jobs getting automated um so there's obviously a lot of uh, machine learning tech that's taking over lots of things but there's actually been some quite big announcements of software for developers to actually have their jobs taken away so i think that's something we've got to watch and there is a bit of a feeling that um it was kind of thought years and years ago that things that would be automated would be like all the manual stuff and just have robots do stuff but i think the feeling is changing that digital things are actually and information is actually the stuff that's becoming easier to if there's jobs around that easier to automate you think of like automated ai content creation and things like that which are definitely in their infancy but there's now something released by a company called GitHub called um, Copilot, which is basically, it's a clever name that makes you think it's not stealing your job, but it's the <laughs> idea that it will it will help you write the code, but you can literally say to it, um, give me a line of code that, you know, uh, gets me information from Twitter. And you can talk to it almost in sort of like a human English non-programmer way and you get, and it will go and generate the code for you. Obviously it's not perfect. It's totally early days, but it's super interesting to see that and see what effect that might have on the on the, the, the developer workforce. So it potentially removes the need for the competency of the software developer. And it means somebody like myself who has no idea what they're doing could say yeah. to it, hey, look, I want to pull data from Twitter. I want to pull data from Instagram and I want to build yeah. this, go and write the code. Exactly, and it will wow. do that. The thing is, there is a downside that you won't understand that code. So imagine the situation where it kind of half writes it, but doesn't get it right. You mm. as a non-developer would still be stuck, but it's pretty impressive that you as a non-developer could could potentially do that. Wow. Well, hopefully that's a few years off there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's there are, there are lots of things that go into being a software developer that aren't just writing code. This is the thing. A lot of the job is understanding what code you should write. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's about understanding the... Um, the requirements speaking to actual human beings who say oh, i want it to do this they never tell you in perfect english a lot of no. the time they don't even know that they don't even know themselves so it's about <laughs> it's about digging down like that and i've yet to see a computer even come close to understanding anything like that so yeah. i think we're okay we're okay for a bit so working within the tech space obviously you've seen a lot of tech come and go new developments you know the next big things happen or they fizzle out but from your point of view there's a big technology sort of making waves at the moment called blockchain now, I don't know if you're particularly familiar with blockchain or, or its applications, but is that something that's sort of, do, do technologies that come into the tech space always sort of pique your interest? Do you look into them and, and how do you feel about them? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, personally, it's a thing that I love doing, which is just get, seeing what new tech is out there. Blockchain is, I actually looked at it years and years ago it was it was exactly what you described it was one of the things that kind of just fleeted across my radar i sort of tried to build a little thing with it you know watch some videos saw what was possible and then i'm pretty bad for uh getting bored quite quickly which i, I think is a good thing because it keeps me curious but i do go over lots and lots of uh new bits of tech and uh, yeah i'm kind of obsessed with doing that i mean the thing i'm doing right now is um uh bitcoin bots which is just like a fun little, it will, it will come to nothing, right? But I'm just building mm. this little bot that is kind of like automatically tracking the the um, value of Bitcoin and trying to figure out if you should make uh, buy or sell trades at certain Very points. Cool. Um, but these, I mean, to be honest, that's the thing I love doing most is these, I would almost call them silly little side projects. So 
what's something that's not in the job description but you probably have to deal with on a daily basis um yeah good good question i think something that is becoming more apparent and i guess this is maybe not it's definitely not industry specific but it seems to be and i'm becoming more and more aware of it but it's it's the burnout that can happen in industry that you have mm. to be able to deal with uh it's a huge one in terms of i think it comes from basically software development you do you are doing mental gymnastics you know sort of eight nine hours a day and it's it's praised and it seems a great thing and you're building stuff and it's 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 all great but i think the knock-on effect of the uh the burnout that can occur there is is something and being able to deal with that is is a great thing that is just it's never talked about like at the interview level right this sort mm. of like your your mental capacity and and the psychological effects of all this stuff and i think it's an interesting one that's just never really mentioned it's funny because uh it's not in the job description but the tech industry is quite good at talking about and being open about stuff just not when you're hiring i guess that sort of <laughs> stuff doesn't come up um obviously you're uh, the software world you sort of don't fleet from so um, place to place, but it, it's fairly fluid in where you go. How do you make sure moving from one location to another, you, you're you're able to get that job? You're trying to stand out above uh, a competitive market. Yeah, um, I guess in the past it's been my trick would always be to bring up these these sort of side projects in interviews because. Again, you're demonstrating like a passion beyond the day job, which I think just seems to fire people up in the industry. So I would always be mentioning that stuff. And if I was going for a job, a company, say media organization, I just make sure that my side project before that was something, you know, relevant. So building some sort of, I don't know, maybe like a news website or some interesting uh, twist on that. Uh, so that's a great way to just stand out above the crowds. I think the other one that's quite big, and I've only just started doing it now, but really enjoying, is also building a community. So I do a lot of, um, or have done lots of sharing knowledge online and, you know, um, newsletters and um, YouTube and stuff like that. All complete failures, uh, but good experiences and great things to do that I would recommend to anyone. But recently I've just been trying to... Uh, find a platform where I can do that consistently. And I've been doing a lot on Twitter and meeting a lot of people there. And um, I think that's the, the tech community is, is amazing there. And I can see that being a real great way to stand out above the crowd, having a presence there, contributing there, and also meeting potential, you know, people that might want to take you on, um, who can see your stuff and you you actually engage with in a, uh, in a in a deeper way than rather just turning up for an interview and being, you know, a random off the street and uh would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now uh short answer yes 100 100 there's definitely a few things that it's the classic it's like what would you tell your uh 10 year younger self and i think i would definitely go into the industry it actually worked out exactly how i hoped it had i hoped it would in terms of the industry's growth i it's turned out how i hoped it would in terms of allow me to be creative and have um, and, uh, and enjoy that sort of stuff. But what I would probably change with hindsight myself is um, maybe a better work-life balance, which I thought my work-life balance was good. And I don't think it's, it, it's terrible, but I think just getting away from, I 
getting away from screens is just absolutely crucial. Um, I think they're just like laptops are just big distraction devices that, you know, stimulate your brain. And I think we've got to be aware of that and move away from them as much as possible. So I would just say to my younger self, like, to go into the industry, it's great, but just, you know, get outdoors more, like, do more sport, you know, go go swimming, you know, go hiking, all that sort of stuff, and just do whatever is the, the polar opposite to staring at a screen, which is a great career if you do it right, and I really enjoy what I do, but there, there are downsides. It's, it, I think it's quite an unnatural thing to do. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, we're not designed to sit at desks and look at lights uh, eight, nine hours a day, so I think it's all about how you balance that and... Um, yeah keep 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 it healthy brilliant well thank you so much for coming on james it's been uh, really interesting hearing all about the industry thank you thank you james Uh, where can people find you reach out see what you're up to yeah i think the best thing is is twitter which is james underscore a underscore rob um yeah find me there follow along awesome thanks james cheers